Welcome to Elevating Brick and Mortar, a podcast about how operations and facilities drive brand performance. On today's episode, we talk with Jamie Goldberg, Vice President of Real Estate and Development at One Medical. One Medical relies on people-centered design, smart application of technology, and a team of talented primary care providers to offer a seamless experience that not only saves patients time and money, but also leads to better health and happier lives. Jamie started his career as an attorney before transitioning into corporate real estate. For over the last 25 years, Jamie has held leadership positions for companies including Popeye's Chicken and Biscuits, Starbucks, Verizon Alltel, as well as heading up the retail corporate solutions team for Colliers International. On this episode, Jamie discusses building trust within cross-functional teams, how One Medical keeps their net promoter score high, and how facilities is a growth engine for a company. But first, a word from our sponsor. Want to rest easy knowing your brick and mortar locations are offering the best possible guest experience? Partner with Service Channel for peak facilities performance. Check out servicechannel.com today to learn more. Now here's your host, industry and FM technology thought leader and chief business development officer at Service Channel, Sid Shetty, along with our guest, Jamie Goldberg. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. I am here today with Jamie Goldberg, Vice President, Real Estate and Development at One Medical. Jamie, welcome. How are you? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Looking forward to talking to you today. Thank you. Likewise. So, Jamie, you oversee multiple functions and have a large span of responsibilities at One Medical. Can you tell us a bit about your journey to that position? Sure. Like you said, at One Medical, my responsibilities are varied. At One Medical, real estate is real estate, design, construction, and facilities. So all those functions work together to really create great brand identity for One Medical. My journey to One Medical has been interesting. I started my career practicing law. So I practiced law in in Chicago for about 10 years, and then I went into corporate real estate. What made you get into corporate real estate? You're a lawyer. What happened? You know, I really enjoyed my law practice, but I was doing a lot of work with some small restaurant groups and a couple different companies and ran across a couple of other companies in that process. Boston Market, for example, back when they were growing and worked against them on a couple leases and met a few people at Boston Market and somebody I went to law school with who was there and started understanding a little bit more about corporate real estate group and how companies used real estate as a strategy arm. It was just very interesting to me. And then I got an opportunity to join Kindercare Learning Centers in not a legal capacity, but as a real estate manager, really optimizing growth throughout the Midwest. And I just made that transition. It was like a leap of faith 10 years into my career journey. Then how did you end up being a professional in real estate to then owning all of development like you do today? What was that journey like? So it was really being in different companies and understanding what different functions um, do in those companies, what construction does, what design does, what facilities does, and how it impacts all parts of being a successful brand. And my journey was taking some different roles at different companies, which required me to move throughout my career. As I mentioned, I'm from Chicago, as is my wife, but we moved to Atlanta for an opportunity to head up real estate for Popeye's Chicken. And in that role, I worked very closely with their director of design and director of construction and really understood what they were doing. And so every role that I took, I had a little bit more responsibility. And then when I joined Altel Wireless or Altel, which was a wireless competitor in some smaller markets, 
they were looking for somebody to bring all the functions together to really improve their brand awareness and how their brand was presented to the public. And that was my first role, really having all those groups under one organization. And ever since then, I've been sold that that's really the way to really develop a successful brand. That's great. So in your evolution into this role, have you had any learnings that has influenced how you run your teams today the most? Any mistakes you've made or successes you've had that you think you would have wished someone gave you that insight as you were going through this journey to prepare you better? Yeah, a couple things. One of the things to prepare me better is just facilities is hard. Yeah. The day-to-day facilities management to really take care of your customer internal and external is really hard. And it's really an unsung part of the business because people expect things to look great, but there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes and it's really tough. And I don't know if somebody could have really prepared me for that. You just have to learn and understand that you're going to be behind the eight ball a lot and you're really going to have to work and communicate well with all facets of the business to make them appreciate what the facilities portion does. That's great. I want to double click on that as we go through our conversation, because that's a big part of what we'd like to understand and what we like talking about with our guests which is the role of facilities, the role of administration and development, and how to tie that to the broader kind of organizational goals. But we'll get to that in a second. Sure. Tell us a bit about One Medical. Who are your customers and what are your goals in, in the MedTail space, right? Yeah. So that MedTail is kind of interesting. I've heard that quite a bit now, and I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But what we are at One Medical, we're just really like a national primary care organization. So we're an independent group. And we have offerings right now in about 25 markets with about 200 locations. And our offering is really integrated with virtual and in-office care. And it's really an experience for people across all stages of life. We see, as my boss, Jenny Vargas, likes to say, we see grandkids to grandparents. Mm. The mission of the company is really simple, and but very hard is to really transform healthcare for all through a human-centered and technology-powered care model. That's one medical in a nutshell. It's this appointment-based system where you see high-quality primary care physicians. It's a different care model where your appointment starts with your primary care physician when your appointment starts. And our value proposition is really on-time, longer appointments. So when you have an 1130 appointment, your appointment starts at 1130, and your provider meets you in the lobby, takes you back to their exam room. So they're not bopping around between three or four exam rooms. They're only seeing one patient at a time. So that's how one medical is different from a lot of other primary care practices. Got it. And what's your North Star in terms of what is truly important to keep the relationship with the patient and have them keep coming back and building that trust with the PCP? Like, How do you look at that kind of experience that you'd like your consumer or the patient to have. Yeah, I think it's really one medical in this type of care model can address a lot of health concerns with a broader picture for our members or our patients' overall health. So having that relationship with the primary care doctor and being able to save them time and money and energy in the process will really inspire them to get care and to continue care and continue that relationship with their primary care doctor for a much better health outcome. What are your thoughts on like consumer expectations when it comes to what One Medical does and similar 
the organizations that have a very compelling value proposition, right? Like you think consumer expectations have evolved, especially since COVID, or you think they always had the expectations, they just didn't have enough organizations that could meet their demand? That's an interesting topic. I think that a lot of experiences people have with the medical profession is varied from good experiences to bad experiences. I think one of the common experiences that I've had and a lot of people have had outside of one medical is you just never know what time you're seeing a provider, Yeah, right? You will have an appointment at my 1130 example, and you might not see your provider get called back till 12, 1215. You might be sitting in a room waiting for time, a long period of time, wondering if people forgot about you. And I think a lot of consumers in the medical profession have come to just expect that and accept it. And I think one of the great things that One Medical does is that they kind of take that expectation and they delight our patients, our members, our, by having that on-time appointment. So now right. we're setting a new expectation. Yeah, I love that. It's funny that there are so many industries that have somehow managed to like have expectations put to the side. And it sounds like what you're doing is you're saying, no, we want to go back to the expectations that our consumers and our, our customers and our patients have of the respective time and great service and having them feel like they're heard and competency as well, right? Like all of that is important. Look at the airline industry and it's one of those things that I travel a lot. And Me too. Tra- travelers and that today have kind of they have the expectation that if a flight's delayed by 40 minutes, that's an on-time flight. That's (laughs) That's a flight that you're like, yeah, okay, fine. But you're right. That's not how it should be, right? Consumers need to have their expectations met. And if if the existing players don't do it, someone's going to figure out a way to do it, right? Yep. And I think that's definitely true with a lot of industries. And I think when medical, we do a really good job of setting that expectation and meeting it with an on-time appointment proposition. And it really... um, changes your view. I always say, and my team makes fun of me, I say, we get to be a part of your day and not ruin your day if you have a doctor's appointment. That's right. That kind of fits into the med tail because if you're coming for a routine checkup or follow-up care for some type of condition, your appointment's on time so you could then use the other services that a retail offering has and not have to ruin your day. You can go out to lunch beforehand. You can meet people for shopping afterwards and know that you're going to have these other great things to do around where One Medical is located. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, MedTail, right? Like the whole concept of this convergence of retail and medical services. And it's interesting because there's a lot of movement out there in this space, a lot of consolidation, a huge wave of new types of services Everything from dental services to preventive healthcare to hyper healthcare and wellness. What's driving this? And you know, what are your thoughts on MedTail as a whole as well? Yeah, I guess what you're seeing in the retail industry is you're seeing consolidation of traditional retailers, of soft goods, of other retailers really changing the way they operated before the pandemic, during the pandemic, and after the pandemic where they need potentially less space, that they're using their, you know, omni-channel that we've heard around our industry for 15 years is really coming into play more where the store is maybe smaller for a soft goods that you can order online, get it delivered to your house or your store. But we're also seeing that retail is very important because we're seeing after the pandemic, people are coming back and 
high numbers, that foot traffic is up at really good retailers that do that customer service piece. So I think there's more space in retail centers because some of the soft good players are downsizing. And there's just this need for really diverse environment when you go to a retail center for services, for retail goods, for entertainment, for food. And I think One Medical really fits into that because we're, I don't want to keep repeating over and over again, but we're a part of your day and you can schedule around your appointment. That makes a lot of sense. And clearly the messaging is working. Clearly like you have done this successfully and you're attracting a lot of attention from some of the big names out there as well. As someone who owns the life cycle of your location, you know, right from site selection to construction, and then you ultimately maintain those locations, like in your current role, that's a pretty big impact on not only growth, but also the experience the customer ends up having. How do you position your teams and how they think about what their North Star should be as it relates to all these pieces that we, we just spoke about? Yeah. So one of the things we've done, a couple just team building exercises is each of our groups has their own mission statement from real estate to construction to design. But it all comes back to that transforming healthcare. How can we support the company mission from a design standard to delight our patients, to take the stress out of their visit when they come to a one medical with our spa-like type lobbies where you go in there and you're put at ease by the colors, by the seating in the lobby, how it's different from a typical medical office, from how the facility is taken care of, how it looks great, how we try to address concerns of both our internal customers of how we can be good stewards of the environment, how we can do all these things comes together to really create this great experience so that we delight these members in a medical setting. Yeah, do you think there's a shift in the mindset in terms of how facilities is perceived? Because our space suffers from a PR problem, right? Like we, facilities sometimes gets only called upon when something's broken or something isn't working the way it's supposed to. And that's not really what facilities does. To your point, facilities, construction, everything to even to real estate, the site selection, it all ties to meeting the consumer where they are or where they want to be and creating an experience for them that makes them want to come back. You think as an industry, we do a good job in articulating what we do and tying it to that overarching message to the consumer? I think it's getting better, right? Facilities is thought of as is break fix, right? Something goes wrong, you fill out a facilities ticket and they jump on it as fast as they can, depending on if it's an emergency or if something else is going on. If it's a light that's out, it might be bundled with other work orders. But I guess what gets lost in facilities a lot of the time is just how much they do on a preventative scale every day. From janitorial, from HVAC maintenance, from filters, what kind of filters you're using to clean the air in the locations, to really plan out how they take over a site from construction We fight that a lot in that it's hard to take over a site from construction, that we have a real push to open that location as soon as we can. And sometimes facilities has to really step in and help make sure that experience is great for our members every day. Yeah. I mean, because as a consumer and and a patient, like I when I walk into a dentist's office or my doctor's office, 
traditionally, like you go in with low expectations because you're thinking, well, you want to make sure that the right PCP is looking at you and, you know, they have the time to spend with you. And it's kind of an investment, like you're investing in that particular person and that particular facility because no one wants to change doctor's offices every three months. You want to make sure that when you make a choice that you have a great experience and then you keep going back. But to your point, like today, there's a lot of options. You need to make sure that you have a compelling argument as to why you need to have customer loyalty. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think we are the leader in it. You know, I'm biased, obviously, being at One Medical. But I think we're the leader in that with our net promoter scores being higher than traditional other medical providers, whether it be other PCPs, dentists, specialty care, optometrists, offices. With Our net promoter score is really just high because we do have that one-on-one relationship with our patients that establishing that is why people keep coming back. They have that good experience. They feel heard. They feel like their chronic conditions can be managed in a very pleasant setting and with expectations that are consistent from one office to another, from one time to another, that that's what we offer that's a lot different. And I think it's resonating with um, across the country and the markets that we're in. And as we continue to go into new markets, we get a lot of interesting and great comments that this is a lot different from a medical office they've been in before. That's great. Can you share how you articulate the mission of your group and all the functions that you own internally within your organization? How do you articulate why you exist and how do you tie it to the broader organizational goals? Yeah, so, you know, we're, we're a growth engine for the company too. And one of the great things about being at One Medical from a real estate leader is that we're seen as a strategic partner for growth. We're not seen as an order taker or somebody who just fulfills a special part or one specific part of the business. We're really a partner in the growth. We get to express why we think we should go into this market or that market, how we go into that market, how that strategy plays into the success of the company. And it's really resonated. We articulate what our department does for new leaders that come into the company. We talk them through the REDCF of our department and show them how we work together and how we partner with operations and clinical and marketing and finance. One of the things we do is the thing that I coin as a phrase is we hashtag hit our date. We're aligned on opening a location on time in a high quality manner. Right. That really resonates within the group, that urgency for us to open and be there for the alignment of our recruiting when they hire providers or other staff for the office that they can depend on us to uh, deliver our mission statements within our individual organizations. Any strategies that you have utilized within your organization to ensure that construction is talking to facilities, is talking to real estate, and that you can leverage the data and the lessons learned within your team? Because a lot of times we see if the functions are siloed, then real estate makes deals without consulting construction or new store openings or facilities. Construction goes in and and builds a location, doesn't consult with a new store or facilities, and they build things that are difficult to maintain and get access to. And then at the end, like facilities gets 
stranded holding the buck. Facilities has to figure out how to get behind a panel and change the light bulb, but there's no access to the light bulb in the first place. So how do you make sure that your teams, even within your organization, are talking to each other? What have you learned? Because there are a few leaders out there that are in your position and have the ability to walk away from our conversation today and maybe emulate some of it and test in practice some of the things that you've done successfully. Sure. I mean, it's cross-functional teams, right? So we have to partner internally within our real estate design construction facilities. And then we cross-functionally are aligned with what we call our new office launch team. So we have an operations team that has a new office launch team that brings in our clinical and operation teams from the field. And we partner with them and we're in close communication on weekly calls that go through what we're doing, what the schedules are, what changes the schedule are. But just going back to the beginning, we always try to understand if a a location is going to work for design, construction can build it, facilities can maintain it. But I say that, but if there's a great location, the location is going to win 90% of the time. Right. And then we're going to have to figure out how to design it, how to build it, and how to maintain it. We're not going to do something crazy that we can't maintain or design or build. But most of the time, our team's going to come up with creative solutions if it's the right location. Right. Gotcha. And I agree. Because at the end of the day, like you want to meet the customer where they are. Right. Um, and you're going to have to figure it out once you figure out where you need to be. But as long as you're at least communicating, the teams can be prepared and can have a plan on execution, which usually even that becomes a challenge, right? Yeah, that's a challenge. It kind of goes back to our hashtag, hit the date. Right. We really try to line everybody on the date from the beginning. We're projecting a date early on in the process. We're taking some risks and due diligence that we're going to get it to a deal that our design team was going to go in there early and do their assessment of the location that we're going to understand if we can build it. And one of the things that is our joke within our department, all the Sins fall to construction. Real estate takes a long time to find the great location. The lease takes forever. Design has really done a great job in presenting what it's going to look like. And then anything that has to happen to hit the date falls on construction. So they get the baton at at the end of the race and they have to move faster than anyone else to finish the race. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, I'm your host, Sid Shetty, and I hope you're enjoying this conversation so far. To make sure you're up to date and have access to all our episodes, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Also, if you have thoughts, comments, or questions, be sure to follow Service Channel on LinkedIn so you can be part of our community of like-minded folks, as well as have access to a lot of other great content. Feel free to also connect and follow me on LinkedIn. I'm your host, Sid Shetty, and now back to the show. Let's pivot a little bit. Patient healthcare is like a serious matter and it involves a lot of specialty equipment. Do you own overseeing maintenance of certain kinds of equipment? And how does this affect how you look at your program? Because you've had a lot of experience in the space. You've done this job in different verticals. What's different about being in, in a healthcare environment? How do you think about your program and your SLAs and How more complex is it to be in your role overseeing a facility like one medical versus a restaurant or like a regular retail chain? Sure. So one of the things that we are, we're traditional primary care and we're traditional follow-up care and some extended care. 
So our facilities aren't heavy medical MOBs, medical office buildings. We're not having a lot of surgical equipment. We're not having a lot of the procedure rooms that other facilities might have. So we're maintaining primary care offices. We have other machinery that we partner with our operations team for taking care of. But a lot of it falls on facilities to make sure that everything is looking great every day. So what the complexities are that our SLAs are shorter. If there's something that goes wrong in one of our locations, it's important to get it fixed faster. You're not going to do some things like you might in a, a retail environment or a wireless store where you don't have to fix every little detail every day. But if something's going wrong within this office, it really becomes something that gets a lot of focus because you don't want your patients to really have to think about why does it look this way or that way? They expect it to look like a high quality medical facility every day. And that's the challenge that we have. And if you have 200 locations, I mean, there's a certain brand standard that you're trying to keep up with. And consumers don't necessarily expect that if they walk into one medical in one state, that it's going to look and feel different in another. Like they're expecting consistency, just like any other retail business you know, or restaurant business. You, you can have subscribed to the brand and then you have an expectation of the brand. And then no matter where you go, you kind of want to have familiarity on what you expect when you walk in that door, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what we do, I mean, we have a consistency in what our brand presentation is from exterior signage, from interior elements. And we have a couple different design types. We call them mind, body, and spirit. And we try to fit those design types into the setting we go into, whether it's a more of a neighborhood type retail setting, whether it's sure. a more of a larger retail environment, like a Century City Mall in LA that we're in, fitting into those environments. And then we try to have some elements that resonate with the local area. In Austin, Texas, we might have some different elements and we just opened Miami and we have some very tropical elements in Miami. But the overall brand and the color schemes make you feel like you're going into a familiar office, whether you're using a One Medical in New York or San Francisco or our new Miami launch. So those are consistent, and then we have to maintain them consistently as well. But our lab station, our provider rooms are all very consistent. So while the front of house may look a little different, the back of the house is pretty consistent across the, all of our markets and locations. How do you kind of maintain a relationship like with the operators like who run those offices? They expect us to be able to read their minds if something's <laughs> broken and they don't tell us about it. Just we need to fix it right away if it's if we know about it or not. Kind of what goes on in facilities, whether there's a facilities ticket or whether anyone's been notified, they expect it to be fixed. So yeah. you always have to play that type of scenario out of how do you delight your customer and really communicate well with them and have them trust you that you're going to fix something and have them tell you about things that go on. So that's the hard part that I talked about at the beginning about facilities, that you're expected to have everything look great, whether you know about it or not. Right. And I think building that trust and knowing that they could count on us for communication, that we're going to take everything they say seriously, really helps our team build that cross-functional partnership with operations. The operators in the locations are employees of One Medical. They are have a stake in making sure that we're all aligned to hit that high net promoter score. So I think that 
all of us really working towards delighting our members really is part of the way that we're successful and work together. That's great. Let's talk about the last three years, right? It's been a very interesting, to say the least, last three years. It, it ties so much into what you do and what One Medical does. W- what has changed in terms of maybe how One Medical has to position itself, brand itself, what's expected of you and your team? Yeah, so it's been a lot of growth for the last you know, three years, especially. And doing that during a pandemic has been especially challenging. Opening a lot of stores, stores, offices, growing into new markets, and really having a process that's repeatable has been one of the successes that we've had. We've created a lot of processes that both real estate follows, that leads into what design does, that leads into what construction does and what facilities does, and also leads into what operation does on how, when they start their recruiting process of when they start thinking about how that market, that office is going to be marketed in a new area or in an existing market that we're in. So all of that has been really challenging, just really making sure that we have that cross-functional communication, that everybody buys into opening all these locations on the date we set forward, that we're all aligned towards this, you call it that North Star of opening an office successfully. And that's what's been challenging is to really create those processes. We always say we don't want to have to be a hero to open every location. Opening a location should be part of what you do and it should be part of how you operate and shouldn't require everybody to really be stressed out to get a location open. Now, it's not always perfect and we've gone through a lot of the hero type elements, but we've gotten better each year and we've learned how we can partner across the company to really make these openings a part of what we do and not something that is hard to do. Let's pivot slightly and talk about sustainability and technology, right? I believe you spoke recently on the topic of innovating and future-proofing healthcare facilities. How does technology play a role in innovating, especially when you keep sustainability in mind? We're technology-driven from our way you interact with our scheduling appointments for how you get and understand your medical records and test results. All of that is very technology driven. And then on the facility side, we have a separate technology for our ticketing system so that we can understand what we do and really measure our SLAs to make sure that we're meeting the needs and the demands of our locations and just having overall project management platform where we're all using that platform to understand how we're opening the locations when each group needs to interact with the project. So all that technology is very important for us to move forward. And I think it really helps us enforce those standard processes that we put in place. And then for the facilities team to really have a voice and really be able to help us get better. I know they would like us to have a perfect turnover. And sometimes we don't always meet that need. But by having technology, by having the ability to track things, it really helps. If you can track something, you can improve it. For sure. And what about sustainability? Is that important to you? Like, How do you see the role of someone like you with wide span of control and the impact you can have on like the ESG goals within your organization? Yep. It's important to us. And I think our facilities team has really done a good job leading that in what type of recyclable materials do we do in the office? Having LED retrofits, 
really looking at the partnering with our design team and construction team on what appliances we use and how all of our our furniture in the lobby that looks beautiful, but could also use green cleaning chemicals so that we can clean those in an environmentally sustainable way and that they can really last a long time so that we have auto flushers and sensors on our sinks and battery replacement programs, a really aggressive HVAC maintenance program to make sure that we're not using excessive energy, using right. a utility management company to manage utilities. All of these things play together for us to improve. Now, there's a lot more programs we need to look at, but I feel great about the start that we've embarked upon. Do you think as an industry, like we fully understand our role as it pertains to being responsible and more environmentally conscious and sustainability goals tied to ESG and that are at the CEO level, right? You know, those are commitments made by the leaders in an organization. And I think teams are still figuring out the role they play, the impact they have. What would you tell folks in our audience that are listening on where to get started? And like, how did you start thinking about doing things in a more responsible way, using more eco-friendly technologies and products. How do you report on it? How do you tie what you do and make, you know, the leadership in your organization understand what you're doing and why you're doing it? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. It really is. I think organizations want to be eco-friendly. They want to reduce their carbon footprint. They want all these elements, but it's hard to start. And I know that at the C-suite level, that our teams are committed to it and other companies are committed to it. But it's hard. One of the things that I think is showing a payback is having data saying that if we do this, we're going to save money because that resonates. When we commission HVAC systems to meet standards, you're going to save money down the road by having systems that are set up correctly, that you're not using excess energy, that your furniture is cleanable, that it's going to last longer, and that you're going to be doing things that are helpful to the environment are really things that resonate. And how you report on it, it's an effort that has to go across the company. And it's not easy. And it's something that we all need to improve on and get the commitment from all levels of the organization to do it. It's not, one team can't do it by themselves. Is there a particular message that you think has resonated to like your leadership when you talk about all the different functions that, that you are responsible for, like any anything that our audience could go back to the drawing board and say, all right, I don't maybe celebrate enough about what we do and we don't talk about the wins that we've had. Like any such anecdotes or stories that you'd say, hey, no, this is important stuff. Let's make sure we tie it to a message that will resonate with the C-level in our prospective organizations. I think a couple of things, having all groups under one organization, having real estate, design, construction facilities under one organization helps you communicate a unified message. It helps leadership understand that they have one group to go to. There's one leader that they could come to and say, this didn't go right, or this didn't go right, how we could do better, or this did go right. This is amazing. How do we make sure we continue to do that? So having that under one organization really, I think, makes it easier. And then celebrating wins. We do popcorn at One Medical in our group. So we start off our all-hands meeting every week with popcorn, you know, recognizing people that did a great job and 
facilities, construction design, you know, make sure that individuals are really working together and telling people that they're doing a good job and then that we're able to communicate that up the chain. So it's that culture of really celebrating. And my favorite part about my meetings are when the team members are recognizing each other for a good job. It means that communication is working. That's great. All right, Jamie. So let's end with maybe a fun question, but what was the one most impactful experience that you think you've had in, in any physical retail environment? I think back to some tough projects from really transforming a location that was just something that I couldn't even envision at the beginning. I look at a project when I was at Verizon Wireless of a, just a, a random corner in Memphis, and it was really not looking great and how we transformed it and how we did landscaping and how we did signage to make that building great. How at One Medical, we did this project in Houston Heights that was an old water storage facility that huh. we used a lot of those elements with a green roof and really transformed it into something that is a useful medical office that it didn't seem vacant and that we had that vision to transform it. So it's really being in some of these projects where you just have to be amazed at how creative your team members are and how creative your leaders are within different functions to be able to have vision to see something that I didn't see, but just being open to understanding and let them tell you about their passion for a location or for some process or something that they want to do. So really understanding and just letting people be passionate about what they're doing, listen to them and help them achieve their vision. So I think that's the best thing that I get excited about and that is fun about coming to work every day in this industry. I love it. Any advice to folks in our audience who might be in a single function like construction or facilities or operations or new store design or real estate, any advice to them if they're thinking they want to expand beyond the scope of what they do today and get on a path like where you are today, right? Where you oversee multiple functions. What would you tell them? How should they get started? I think they just have to really understand and learn and ask questions. Don't, you know, get in, don't stay in your silo. Get out with different groups. If you're in the real estate group, get out with the construction team and the facilities team for visits. And the same with other groups. Just really understand and ask questions because you're going to start building the trust and you're start going to learn a lot that you can talk to organizations about what that role looks like and how you are passionate for it. I always say I'm super passionate for facilities. And I know that's not something that a lot of leaders necessarily champion, but I've started programs at companies where they had no facilities programs. And just starting that, letting a, a location, an operator know that they don't have to take care of the facility that their job is to delight the customer and let the facilities team worry about the facility is a big relief from your store operations if they know that they don't have to worry about that function. That's right. So I know I'm all over the place, but it's learning, asking questions and being passionate about it. And that's how you get to really bring the groups together and really have one organization managing all aspects of brand integrity and the ability to make the location better for your internal teams, and your customers. I love that. That was perfect. With that, Jamie, I just want to say thank you. We really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. Jamie, can you tell our audience where they can find you? Yep. So I can be reached at One Medical. And my email address, and I'm open to email all the time, is jgoldberg 
at onemedical.com. And I like to answer emails, even if it's to say I'm not interested or this is great or that's great. I always tell my team, you never know when you're going to need that relationship with somebody. That's right. Responding to an email, even a cold call, just saying, hey, this is good or bad or I'm not interested is kind of part of our responsibility to be great leaders. I love it. That was Jamie Goldberg, Vice President of Real Estate and Development at One Medical. You've heard me say this before, but there's a huge wave in the MedTail space with a lot of consolidation, branding, and reinvention of healthcare and wellness. It is no longer okay to have basic white offices or spaces. Customers, patients, expect more. And there's a whole industry forming out of companies looking to meet that expectation. At the time of this recording, One Medical was in talks to join Amazon, which probably tells you something. This movement is going to be interesting to watch, and I think will change the face of healthcare. With that, I'm Sid Shetty, and I'll see you on the next episode of Elevating Brick and Mortar. Service Channel brings you peace of mind through peak facilities performance. Rest easy knowing your locations are offering the best possible guest experience, living up to brand standards, and operating with minimal downtime. Service Channel partners with more than 500 leading brands globally to provide visibility across operations, the flexibility to grow and adapt to consumer expectations, and accelerated performance from their asset fleet and service providers. Get to know us at servicechannel.com.